0: Welcome to the Guardrail Podcast. This is a podcast about what it looks like when you ask God to give you eyes to see and ears to hear. We describe all the many things God has shown us as we have pursued a deeper walk with Him. I'm Rachel. And I'm Fox. Welcome to LifePoint. Tonight we have Rachel with us on Saturday night. She'll be here tomorrow morning. I'd like to invite you all to come. If you're not here tonight, come out. But this is going to be, we're going to hopefully keep this live from now on. It we'll, won't we'll go off in 30 days. You're about to hear some really good stuff that the Holy Spirit is saying. This is our friend, Rachel Catano, from, what town you live in, Massachusetts? Time. Taunton, Taunton, Massachusetts. That's where she lives. It's near Boston. Anyway, yeah, this is Rachel Caetano. We love her. She's great. Hey, here you go. Okay, well, thank you. Couldn't make that any more simple. That was good. Thank you. Just put my glasses on. Mm-hmm. Turn with me to chapter. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my glasses. You want these? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Those <That's> aren't mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. Um, I'm excited, uh, you know, I'm excited and, and energetic, as Kevin said to me. I think a minute ago you were like, you look uh, like a full energy. And I was like, well, it could be Jesus or it could be the quadruple shot of espresso I had before here. I don't know, either or, both maybe. Either way, I'm feeling it. This is like so close to me. It's like looking in the mirror. I'm going to move this back a little bit. I feel weird. Is that cool? No, no, no. There we go. Okay. All right. We're good to go. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Um, you guys are really the best, honestly. Like, you are worth flying across wherever I flew across America, you know. <laughs> wherever I came from, you're worth coming to. Uh, and I always appreciate the the warm welcome I get here, you know? really you guys are really awesome you know last time I was here um you know after I, I spoke and I shared and stuff and just what you guys had to say and, and how you you know like encouraged me I was like oh my god this is like this is like your church up in here like <laughs> this is like that's how it's supposed to be I think not just where I'm sharing something and maybe you're getting something in return but I was blessed by you guys you guys blessed me um and, and your hunger you know, this is a Saturday night. You guys are over here hang out in church. Bunch of weirdos, you know. <laughs> but you're hungry. And one thing that God showed me as I've been praying for this night and this weekend is, you know, God's been preparing a feast for us. And, um, you know, what I've been praying is that, that the people who come would have an appetite, be hungry. And not just hungry for something to eat, but hungry for what he's preparing. Because sometimes we can be hungry for hot dogs and Jesus is preparing spaghetti and we're like, Jesus, I wanted a hot dog. <laughs> but no, so my prayer for you guys is that you you, you come with an appetite, and an appetite for what God is preparing. And I, and I think, you know, that's what's up. And I think God honors that. And As we were worshiping, I just, you know, I really just felt like the Holy Spirit was like, I don't make it hard for you. I'm not going to make this hard. He doesn't. Play hide and seek it doesn't make it hard for us to know him it is not hard Um, so I'm encouraged by that (laughs) but yeah I mean so I'm here to share what God's been showing me I'm not here to preach at you guys like you guys know you've heard me speak it's sharing a testimony I guess you know not of how I became saved but but a, a living testimony a testimony a daily testimony because what I've learned is that I used to think testimonies were like, okay, what's my conversion story? You know, it's like I was saved at the age of five, in a group up in church, so I was like, Jesus, I don't have an exciting testimony. Like, I wasn't a five-year-old drug addict, and God saved me. Like, it wasn't, you know, nothing interesting, so I'm like, I don't have a testimony, God. And, and then, yeah, I always try to, like, joke around and embellish it a little bit, be like, yeah, I was, like, a theft, like, always stealing lying all the time, just like a bad person. But God got a hold of me, my little five-year-old self, said, you <laughs> should change your ways. But no, but the testimony, the Holy Spirit was like a testimony isn't ever meant to stop. Because we're never meant to stop growing and changing and learning something new. And so what I'm about to share is just what God's been showing me. And um, last time I was here, I, I, I shared about how the person that I was last year at this time is not the person that you see in front of you. <laughs> and I went into it last time about how I was just spiritually asleep. Like like I said, grew up in church, um, you know, went to church. I led worship for a certain amount of years and, you know, all good, but um, just spiritually asleep until and, and so God woke me up. And, um, you know, he showed me that I had blind eyes, you know, and I, You guys know this story about how he touched my eyes so that I could see. And what I've learned is that when you pray for eyes to see and ears to hear, you start seeing stuff and you start hearing stuff. So that's really been where I've I've been at this whole year. It's like God's been showing me crazy stuff, like, you know, wild things. I'm like, Jesus, I don't know what's going on, you know. And what I've learned is that I really don't know anything about anything. And the things that I thought I knew, I just knew but never had revelation of. So a lot of God's word, he's been giving me revelation. Like, okay, now I finally get this. I'm like, oh my God, Jesus does love me. I finally know that. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, but, you know, it's been, it's been a process. And, um, and what I've learned is that Jesus definitely loves a process. Um, and, you know, for me, he's taken me. It's been uncomfortable. This process has been uncomfortable. Um, But it's, like, been a good discomfort. Like, I kind of want it, but don't. It's super painful. So it's somewhere in between where I'm like, oh, my God, it's horrible, but Lord help me. (laughs) I need more, (laughs) you know? And um, God's been showing me a number of things and explaining things to me in a certain way. And I've shared these things already. And a couple of months ago... I was kind of having a hard time. Like, I, I don't know what my problem was. I was, like, my husband and I got in a fight, and it was, like, oh, God, just doesn't love me anymore because I don't, like, I'm a horrible wife and this and that. And I'm, like, you know, it, it's just some weird logic that I came up with. And I'm praying about that because I'm, like, in discord with my husband, and then, like, stuff happened at work. And then, you know, just different things are happening, and I kind of were was just, like, doubting whether or not God was even showing me things. Maybe I'm just like a weirdo that's making stuff up at this point because it's like wackadoo stuff that I'm seeing. And, you know, I'm trying to have God explain to me things that I'm seeing, and sometimes he just doesn't do it when I tell him to. And so it's been a challenge, you know. And I ended up seeing one certain vision, and I came up with this, like, whole explanation for it. I was like, okay, this is what this means, and it was just like I was praying about it a lot, and God was showing me certain stuff, and um, I had this like one scripture, and um, I went to the scripture, and it did not at all look like what God was showing me, so I was like, there it is, I'm just a weirdo making crap up, and trying to tell the Bible to like say what I'm thinking, or you know, and I'm trying to like just make things up, I don't know what's going on. And it honestly sent me into this weird spiral where I was, like, doubting all of everything. I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm some kind of, like, you know, uh, I don't know, heretic or something. I'm, like, coming up with weird visions and I'm trying to have God explain it, trying to find things. I, I just was, I was spiraling a little bit. <laughs> and this happened around maybe February where all of a sudden I'm just starting to doubt, like, everything that I've ever seen. Like, it was just me. I made it all up, and it's just all garbage, and I'm trash, and I should just be thrown out, you know? And so I'm praying through all this and asking God to explain things, and then it was like, oh, I feel like God just went silent on me. Like, now he's not showing me anything because I'm a piece of crap, you know? So so I'm just, like, praying through all this. And I, I really, really, really wanted more revelation from God. I wanted to see more. Um, and I wanted to to have clear the things I, I, I was seeing before. And um, as I was praying this, I was actually like, outside cleaning my yard. And like I said, this is going to be just me sharing with you guys. It's not some kind of, you know, sermon. So don't expect that from me. <laughs> I'm just sharing what I've lived through, basically. But... Um, I was outside, and I was cleaning up my yard and getting rid of all the leaves that I had, um, which we didn't do in the fall, which we should have. So in the spring, when they are all gross and, like, you know, wet and nasty, that's when I was doing it, <laughs> so a good time. Uh, so I'm outside. I'm with this bonfire, and I'm putting leaves on this bonfire, and I'm watching it go, and, of course, it's not... It's not, there's no fire, you know, because the leaves are wet. So I'm trying to add like sticks to it and add other stuff and like lighting things. One thing you should know about me is I am always down to mess with fire, okay? Just like I like starting things on fire. There's a whole story about how once I started the field on fire and then I started the car on fire. It's a whole thing. But anyway, so I like fire. So I'm always good for a bonfire anytime you want. Um, and especially if there's fireworks involved those two are a good married couple but anyway so i'm outside trying to get this fire to go and i'm putting leaves on it. and i found some dry leaves and it was like smoldering and so I'm, I'm you know lighting it and it's it's like finally it catches and it's like this burst it's exciting and i'm like finally you know and then i throw some more piles of leaves on there and it bursts and then it dies down like it would after all the leaves are gone and then I find some more leaves, and I throw them on the fire again, and it bursts again. And I'm, like, doing this. <laughs> and I was like, why don't I just throw some more, like, like I'll do this, but I'll throw some logs on the fire so that the fire sustains. And, oh, did I go somewhere? I think this died on me. Oh. Well, anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I should wait for it. I would wait for it. Okay. He's very fast. Is he? What? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Thank you. It was super fast. Thank goodness. Just in the nick of time. Thank you. Alright, so the fire's smoldering and I'm like, maybe I should build a fire that sustains. Right? And so I find some leaves and I find some sticks and it's a little bit of a mixture and I light that on fire and there's like a slow burn. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he's like, you're smoldering right now, but what happens is you throw leaves on your, on your spiritual life, and then there's a, a burst, and a flame. Like the visions, you know, get you like so excited. You're like, oh my God, God spoke to me, and it's exciting. And then it dies away, and then you're like, oh, I need that next vision. I need that next vision because I need that burst, that flame, I need that excitement in Jesus, you know. <laughs> and so. I throw more spiritual weeds on my fire, and then I get another vision, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's exciting. And, and God was like, I, that's great, but I'd rather have you burn slowly. I'd rather the fire never go out. It's like maybe what we could do is we'll take a mixture of, of, of revelation and vision and, and something else and, and dialogue with me. And we'll create a slow burn so that you have a fire that sustains and that you're not just hopping from vision to vision to vision. And then in the middle, you're like, what's going on, God? You don't love me anymore. Where's the fire? And he said, no, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach you how to have a slow burn where There's never not a moment without fire. And so I was like, okay, God, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Whatever, you know, let's do that. So then... I was like, "Yeah, you just talk to me again. I'm good. I'm good with Jesus, you know." And um, so, I, I a couple days go by, and I'm like, "Okay, done. Like, what's up? You know, I don't feel like there's a slow fire going. You know, like I need that flame to kick up again. What do I need to do here? You know, to make you talk to me? I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're saying. Give me another vision, Jesus, now, preferably." And um, <laughs> And he was, you know, I didn't, I didn't hear from him for a while. And I kept praying. I'm like, God, what the heck? I want to hear from you. I want you to show me something. You told me that if I seek you, I will find you, that you don't hide. But here I am. You're not talking to me, you know? And so I was kind of annoyed by that. But I didn't let Jesus say that, so it's okay. And so I'm, I'm praying, and, uh, Finally, like days later, I hadn't heard anything from him. And uh, days later, I'm praying, and I I start to see um, a beach. And it was like a toddler, and a toddler with Jesus. And I knew it was me, the toddler. Um, And there was puddles. And you know how, like, when there's a big wave that comes across the shore, and then it, like, goes back out, leaves behind sea treasures, basically. Like, maybe there's a little fish in a puddle, you know, or there's something cool. I don't know. So Jesus was taking me along the shore and um, we stopped at this one small puddle. And what I could see was that there was one small puddle, but there was also like a kind of a bigger one. And then there was like a bigger one. And then there was the ocean. And so I'm, I'm a little toddler. I could see it. And I was like, you know, looking at the puddle and Jesus was showing me little fish, like tiny little fishes. And I guess it's not, that's not right. Fish. All right. Okay. So there was tiny little fish and, like, a snail, and, like, I was, like, a toddler, so that was very exciting, you know, and then Jesus was like, okay, time to go on to the next puddle, and, um, but I was like, no, I want to, I want to look at the fish here, like, I want to, like, you know, toddlers are stubborn and stuff, so like, they want to do what they want to do, and I was like, no, Jesus, I want to look at the fish on, on this one, so, um, but Jesus was already next to the other puddle, like, you know, like, come on, and I didn't want to go, I wanted to look at that one, and... You know, I didn't know what that meant, so I was like, okay, well, I guess I probably should follow Jesus. Um, so I was praying about that, and again, like, there's were, like, numerous days, weeks went by where I'm like, I am not hearing from God, and when I'm hearing from I don't know what he's talking about. So, like, what does it mean when I'm a little kid in a puddle? I don't get it. And um, I actually went, I ended up going on vacation, and the whole way, the whole drive down to Florida was basically me complaining to God about how he's not talking to me anymore, and I didn't like it because I hadn't seen things like I mean I saw it but then I was like I don't know if I'm just making this stuff up at this point because it just there's it wasn't like it was before you know and so anyway this again there's like there was a long saga of complaints and just <laughs> being mopey about it for a while and I'm on my way down to Florida and I'm like you know telling God that it's no good what's happening, and I'd rather have it how it was before, and I want to see stuff, and I'm seeking him, and you said that, you know, you show me things, and I'm, I'm interested, you know, and I heard God say, seek my face, and um, I was like, hey, thought, God, I'm seeking your face, okay, all right, I'm like, yeah, I want you, now give me the vision, <laughs> you know, and I, I just, I kept hearing that, that verse in Psalms 27. is like, one thing I ask, one thing I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good, Jesus. That's what I want. Okay, I want that. Like, let's go, you know. Apparently I'm not very patient with God. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm praying and I'm like, yes, okay. I get it. I get what you're saying. I'm, I'm seeking the visions and I'm not seeking you. Okay. I okay God I seek you now can I have a vision now (laughs) so uh, I'm praying and like kind of contemplating that in my mind And so we get down to Florida and and I was like I wasn't even really sure if like God would ever show me anything ever again like that's how like it had been weeks since I saw the ocean thing like it had been weeks I had heard nothing from God I didn't see anything and I didn't like it I was upset by it and I was like basically I was like well I guess that was fun it's a good, good story to tell you know I guess we're not doing that anymore, Jesus, you know? So, um, I'm down in Florida, and I'm sitting on the beach, and I go for a walk, and I saw, I saw the ocean physically, but I saw it again in my mind, the same scenario where I was at these puddles, but this time I wasn't a toddler, I was like uh, myself grown up. And I still was staring at this puddle, and, um... I saw God put a conch shell up to my ear. And you know, when you put conch shells up to your ear, you can hear the ocean. And I didn't know if you knew that or not, but information. So um, I, I heard the ocean, and I, I, I felt in my spirit that God was saying, um, those who have ears, he um, let them hear. You know? And, uh, so I was like, cool, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I do not get this at all, God, you know, but okay, I, I want you, God. I want to seek your face, Lord, and I can pray, God. And I could see that I, I started to leave the puddle, and I went with Jesus, and Jesus and I were walking to the next puddle, and he was showing me, and then I, we went to the next puddle, and he was showing me, there's bigger things in each puddle, if I just followed him the first time, I would see something differently. If it followed him the first time, I would see a starfish and, like, some other stuff that is in the ocean. And, and he put the conch shell back up to my ear, and, and he was like, those who have ears, let them hear. And so finally, God, I'm like, God, what does that actually mean? I know he says that, like, after some parables. Like, he explains it to the crowd, and he's saying stuff to the crowd, and the crowd's like, okay, cool. And he's like, those who have ears, let them hear. And they were like, well, cool, God. And they go away. And the disciples... Jesus explains all that stuff to disciples. And I was like, God, so what are you saying to me? And he was like, it's an invitation. And I was like, an invitation to what? He's like, to the ocean. He said, you can stay here and you can look at the fish in the puddle and you can go to the next puddle and you can look at that puddle. But he said, there's something more. He said, it's an invitation. You can have the ocean, the deepest parts of me you can have. You just have to go with me. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I want to go. I want to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I want to do that. Like, I say this, yes, you know. And then I was off of vacation and went back to my normal life of working. And, again, I just, God wasn't showing me stuff like before. So I was, I was like, God, I thought we worked this out. Like I said, yes, I want to go to the ocean. I want the deepest parts of you.
1: And in that vision, I saw
0: him bring the ocean over towards above my head. And I could see, like, all the freaking sea creatures and stuff. And I was like, whoa. And Jesus was like, yeah, yeah, showing me stuff. Like, the deeper things. The things that are deepest in the ocean, he was showing me. And I was like, God, I said I wanted that, you know. What happened? And so weeks passed. And I was um, praying again just basically accepted that God don't talk to me no more. So. <laughs> and so I'm praying, and um, <laughs> I, I'm i sitting there, and trying to get in God's presence, and I remembered that I had, um, from Valentine's Day, I had this like, box of chocolates that I didn't eat. It wasn't even open, like, my husband gave me a box of chocolates for Valentine's Day, inconveniently, I was on a diet that week, and I was like, I'm not eating sugar anymore. So I just sat on the shelf, and I was like, no, I I need to be healthy. You know, I won't even be unhealthy for the name of love. Like, I'm just going to keep it there. <laughs> and so, so I, I leave it on the shelf. I don't think about it again, you know. And then I'm sitting, I'm, I'm trying to, like, you know, engage with God. And as I'm sitting there, I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, go get those box of chocolates. And I was like, hmm, Jesus, <laughs> that's not right. I'm on a diet. Please don't tempt me, okay? <laughs> and I just, it was weird. There was no reason for it, uh, but he was just like, go get those box of chocolates and eat them. And I was like, Jesus, stop trying to make me sin. Like I'm on a diet. <laughs> and so finally, I, I and I did. It. I went and got the box of chocolates, and I didn't even want to eat chocolate, which is weird. But I sat there and I ate some chocolates. And as I ate the chocolates, it's wild. I saw like, God's presence all over me. And I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I was like, this does not seem like a spiritual moment, but whatever, I guess chocolate will do that to you. But um, I'm eating chocolates, and I'm like, what is going on, God? And, and what I could gather was, he was like, I want you to consume me. He's like, I want you to consume the deep parts of me. I want you to consume me. And I said, like, okay. And he was like, how sad is it? <clears throat> so I give, I give you the gift of my heart. That's like these box of chocolates, and you never bother to open it up and consume what's inside. And he was like, I want you to consume the deeper parts of me. There is something inside. And he's like, people don't know. Anymore. that some people are content with having a box of chocolates on their shelf and they're good because they have it. It's there. They know it's there. They've never known that there's something else inside. It's like, I want you to consume what's inside me. I was like, okay, I definitely want to do that and finish these chocolates. Thank you, Jesus. So I was like, all right. Okay, good. And then again, Time goes by, days, weeks. And I was like, God, I'm trying to consume you. Like, I'm trying to get the deeper parts of you, Lord. And I just, it just, he wasn't talking to me like before. He wasn't showing me things like before. And I, I was, I, I won't forget it because it's interesting. Um, I kept, this whole time, I understood that God was telling me that I needed to seek his face. And like, I'm I'm trying to seek your face. Like, I'm, I'm doing that. I don't know what else you want from me. Like, I'm seeking your face. That's what I'm doing. And um, I'm driving um, to, I was going out to eat with my husband. And I, the car, like, okay, I was in a bad mood. It's probably not that, probably because I was hungry. But um, I was driving to, <laughs> All the way to the restaurant and the whole time like I didn't even talk to my husband. I, in my mind I was just complaining to God. I was like, God, I'm trying to seek your face. I'm trying to seek you. I, I, want, I want you. I don't get it, God. There are people who don't give a crap about you and don't want anything to do with you and I'm trying to get to know you and you're making it hard for me. You're making it hard for me to know you. You were speaking to me and then you just took it away, and you told me you wouldn't do that. You told me you wouldn't hide from me. That when I seek you, I find you. When I seek you, I find you. So I'm trying to seek you, and you are making it hard for me to see you. And I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. Like why? why is it so difficult to hear from you again? And like all, I'm just like all I want. All I want is to hear you, God. That seems like a good thing to me, Lord. I don't understand why you're making it hard. And so I'm driving and I'm like legit the whole time I'm just complaining to God in my mind. And as I get to the restaurant, I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom before I sit down. And as I'm walking there, God speaks to me and he was like, how shallow a relationship you want with me? Or well, you want, you want my voice but not my face. You're seeking the vision, not me. You're seeking the benefits of me, but not me. And he was like, I told you to seek my face. And I was like, okay. All right, God, I, I clearly don't know how to do that. Well, he was like, what kind of shallow relationship is it where you're with somebody just for what they can tell you, but not for the sake of being with you? What, what good things you have to tell me today? I don't care about you and being with you. I just want to hear something nice. I want to see something good. And I was like, oh, I was like, God, what the heck? You just let me sit there and complain. <laughs> it's all right. You <laughs> didn't say anything while I was in my mind complaining. You only chime in when I'm done. And he's like, yeah. I said, like, I will always listen to your So, Ugh, I'm a jerk. Okay, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I eat my meal. I eat my meal, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry, God, I repented, and I, I go home, and um, you know, I'm at home, and um, usually I pray when everybody goes to bed, because as you may know by now, I'm a night shift worker, um, so I'm up at night basically, and not all the time, but. And so I'm, I'm praying, and I was like, God, okay, like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to seek your face. And I'm really trying, like, I am trying to not just want you for what you can give me. I really, really am trying to not just to want you for the sensation the feeling and, and the, uh, you know, boost of confidence I get when I feel I heard you because that's like super exciting when I'm like oh my god talk to me like that's so cool Um, I'm trying not to desire that and I'm trying to to seek your face and I'm like I'm not doing a good job of it you're going to have to tell me how to do this I don't know how to actually seek you seek your face and not just the benefits of you Um, and so I'm praying about God and you know Again, really nothing. But I, I was like, whatever, okay. Like, and again, I'm like, God, I'm trying to seek a face here. You know, I'm trying. Show me how to do it. I don't know. And then I got this crazy idea that maybe I, I would, I stop praying and stop asking God for stuff in that moment and try to like stop complaining to him about how he's not talking to me. And I was like, okay. And then I got this idea, like, maybe I won't even approach him with just, like, my request, my list of demands that I have for Jesus. You know, like, okay, God, this is what I want to see. I won't do that. Instead, I was like, I'm just going to sit in your presence, God. I just want to sit, and I'll let you do what you want to do. And so I lay down on the floor. And as I lay down on the floor, I I, um, I put some worship music on it because I, I was like, I guess that's what people do when they're seeking Jesus' face. And um, as I'm laying there, I saw snow come down from heaven, like from my ceiling, basically, and like snow was falling on me. And I was like, what? What is that? (laughs) And I I just see it. It was weird. I just saw snow, and it was accumulating all around me. And I was like, God, what is that? What does this snow mean? And I thought the Holy Spirit said, the snow is my presence. And I was like, okay, cool. Alright, God. Yeah, okay. And I felt God's presence. I was like, this this makes sense. It's legit. Alright. And as I'm 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 staying in God's presence, I start to see like, kind of like a winter wonderland scene, basically. I'm outside with Jesus and Jesus and I are like hanging out in the snow or making snowballs and we're like, you know, whatever, throwing them at each other and, and you know, he was good at it. I lost a lot, you know? <laughs> and then I saw that we were making snowman together and we were just enjoying the snow. We were like laughing and playing like kids in the snow and we're, you know, um, decorating the snowman and putting a hat on it and all this thing, right? And then I saw, like, we were studying in the snow. We were, like, going down a hill, and just, it was, like, a lot of fun. It was just, like, a good time with Jesus in the snow. And I was, like, okay, God, this is cool that I'm seeing this, like, but what does it mean? Like, what does it mean? What are we doing? What is this? And he was, like, you, you can't have snowmen without the snow. And he's, like, you've been desiring the snow. Snowman, but not snow. He's like, you've been desiring the benefits of my presence, but you haven't desired my presence. It's like, I told you to seek my face. And what does he say to, to David in Psalms 27? I read it, it's four. It's like, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter um, of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my Savior, through my father and my mother, forsake me. The Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in the straight path because of my oppressors. I read that. And God was just like, You can't have snowman without snow. And he's like, you've been seeking the vision and, and, and the gifts and the excitement and you haven't sought me. Is it, you have to seek my face. You have to seek the snow. He's like, you've been walking outside, and it's freaking June outside, and you're you're complaining to me that there's no snowman for you to play in because there's no snow. And you don't get it when I don't show you a vision. It's because there's no snow. You have to seek my presence. You have to seek my face if you want the benefits of my presence. The benefits of my presence are revelation, are the gifts of the Spirit. Are all the things that are exciting that we always want and we want to, all these miracles, signs and wonders are not going to happen without his presence. You have to seek his presence. You have to seek his face. He said, you want to go sledding? Desire my face. Desire the snow. And I was like, okay, God, I'm sorry. (laughs) I didn't know. Okay. I had to repent. I was like, oh my God, yeah. And I saw it. It was like I went outside, and it was like sunny out, and it was June, and I was like complaining because there's no snowman right now. And he's like, seek my face, and then you will get the shelter, and then you will get the joy, and the shouts of the joy where I lift you high upon the rock. That's when you will get that. It's from seeking my face. It's in me. He's like, how shallow a relationship you want when you're seeking what I can say, but you're not seeking my face. What I can do, but you're not seeking me. He said, that's not a friendship that I want to have with you. I want to have the friendship with you where it is about me and you, not about what I can do for you, but about who I am to you. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) okay. I had to repent because I didn't know how to seek his face. I didn't know there was a difference I thought he was the one-stop shop to get what I needed. And when I prayed, it was about what I needed from him and what he could do for me and how he could make me feel good about what I'm doing. It was about what he could do for me. And he said, can't you just seek me? No. Because when you're in me, you will find all those things. All of the peace, all of the joy, all of the fulfillment, all of the longing is found in me. Not in what I can do for you. It's found in me. It's a byproduct of my presence. And so said, God, alright. I don't want. I don't want anything else but your face, God. Want your face. Show me your face. And I could see. It was like crazy because the snow came and a storm came. And the snow accumulated. And so I went outside to play in the snow, and I was so excited that there's snow. But then you know what happened was the next day came, and the sun came up, and the snow went away. There was no more snow. And again, it was like, God, where's the snow? And then I could see another storm rolling in, and there was snowfall again. It's like, oh God, you're here again. Your presence is here again. Good, I can make a snowman with you again. And what I saw was, You know, there were people outside in the snow engaging in the snow. And I was one of them. But then I also saw where I was inside my house with a hot cup of cocoa. And I was watching the snow fall. And I was like, really enjoying the sight. It really looked good. It's like Christmas, you know. Some Christmas music on, some hot cocoa. (laughs) Watching the snow fall. And I was like, this is really good. Really good. And the Holy Spirit was like, don't be like that lady. Come out in the snow. And I was like, we need God. And he's like, there are people. There are people who are content with watching their presence from afar. And they're convinced that they're a part of it. But what they actually are, they're engrossed, but they're not engaged. And he said, well, you can come out in the snow, and you can play in the snow, and we can engage with each other in the snow in my presence. I can bring you out into the snow. But he said, the problem is, is that people don't realize that there are snow activities that I have for them in the snow. But what they, but they see the snow, so they think that's okay. They think, well, you know what? It's comfortable inside the house where I can just watch from the window. And he's like, you. That was you. That was you last year. You were okay with watching the snow fall from your window. Super comfortable inside your house. And he said, I, but there's more. There's more to the snow. It's not something, it's, it's not something to admire. It's something to engage with. And I was like, okay, I don't want to be like the lady who's comfortable. And I, it's, it's wild because I could see it. It's like she was comfortable inside her house watching the snow and she was happy doing it. She was like, he praised Jesus. Jesus is out there. Holy Spirit's out there, and he was like, "It's not enough. It's not enough." And he said, "But you have been comfortable because you think it's too cold outside. You think it's going to be uncomfortable outside, so you stay inside where it's comfortable." And he said, "When you see my face, you find me." And when you engage with me, you make the snowman with me. And you get to experience the benefits of me, the benefits of my presence. And that there is more than just watching it from afar, but that you actually can be in the snow. You can have your hands deep in my presence. You can, it's tangible. And I was like, okay, I want that. I don't want to be just comfortable. I don't be okay with just staying in the snow. And then he was like, there's another aspect of this. Do you know that snowstorms come and go? He said, my presence doesn't have to come and go. Right. I was like, what do you mean, Jesus? And he's like, I want to build you a home in my snow. And I was like, I don't know. I don't get that. And then I saw it in Igloo. I was like, oh my God, people do live in the snow. He's like, you don't realize that my presence was never meant to come and go, but that you can live in the snow with me. You can live in my presence. And um I said, I want you to live in my presence. And so I was like, okay. Okay, God, I want to live in your presence. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm praying, God. I don't know how to make any blue. I don't know how to do that. I'm not an Eskimo. <laughs> and uh, which, by the way, I don't know if Eskimo is a influence um, term nowadays. So apologize if that's true. Um, for our references, we'll address the message. But anyway, that there are there are a people group. There are people who live in the snow. And I was like, okay, God. Um, yeah, like, I want to live in the snow. And he was like, you don't know how to live in the snow. I was like, you're definitely right about that. <laughs> I don't know how to live in your presence. And, and he was like, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to build you an acre. And I'm going to teach you how to live in my presence. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I don't know about that. Like and I don't I don't know like what that looks like, God, I don't know what you're trying to say exactly. And he's like, what I'm trying to say is that there are there are people who never okay. There are people who don't who understand snow as something that comes and goes by like storms. Like, the snow comes and goes, and there's a season for it. And then in between, you don't have any snow, and you just hope for another snowball. And he said, but then there's people who live in the snow. It's like, I want you to live in the snow, I guess. And I was like, okay, I don't know how to live in the snow. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach you how to live in my presence. I'm going to teach you how to be led by the Spirit. So you're called to live by the Spirit, not the flesh. And he said, people don't want to do this. and People don't even know that it's possible. Because no one knows anything about Eskimo life. No one knows how to do that. And when we think about Eskimos, we think how uncomfortable they must be. They're in freaking negative degree weather all the time. They're knee-deep in snow all the time. They have to go walk thousands of miles to get fish from some hole and they have to make the hole, and then they have to, like, dig the fish out of there, and, like, I don't know, they, like, have to go hunt down some, like, polar bears and, like, skin them and eat their, eat things from them, their body, I don't know. This is fifth grade education. So anyway, and I'm like, I don't know, God, I don't know how to do that. That seems too hard. That seems too uncomfortable to live in the snow. And he said, no, it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when you think of your lifestyle in the snow. He said, it's uncomfortable you think that what you can do is go into the snow with your sneaky sneakers on and with your you know little mittens on and, and you know and your jeans and your polo shirt and said so you can't bring your lifestyle in the snow lifestyle the people that live in the snow have a way of life and he said what I'm trying to do is teach you how to have my way of life not your way of life in the Eskimo life that doesn't work he said when you try to bring in your way of life Your way to be comfortable, what you perceive to be comfortable into my presence, you are uncomfortable because you can't go in 12 feet of snow with sneakers on. You have to wear the right shoes, and you have to have the right clothes on, and you have to eat the right diet, and you have to conserve your energy, and you have to rest when you're supposed to rest, and you have to take... And to account how do you make an igloo, you have to have the right home. You can't bring your cell phone into an igloo. There's no electricity. Your way of life doesn't work in my way of life. And what I'm trying to tell you is that you can live, there is more. You can live in the snow. You don't have to be content with the snowfall, but that you can stay in my presence. So not only do you seek my face, but that is a place where you dwell, where you gaze upon my beauty all of the time. Amen. And so I was like, okay, God, I want that. And he was like, what i have been trying to tell you." So you've been okay with the flash of the leaves. You've been okay with it. You actually wanted that. It's easier that way. Just throw a ton of leaves on it. There's a big flash. And then in between, whatever. And then when you're ready for another flash, you put some more leaves on it. See, I've been trying to tell you. I want you to have a burn. A slow flame that never goes out. I've been trying to tell you this. I've been trying to tell you that it doesn't have to be where there's a flame and there's not a flame. But that there's a fire that consistently burns. That you can always be warm. Wow. He's like, I've been trying to tell you that there's puddles and there's puddles and there's puddles. But there's an ocean. There's something more. There's something bigger. Something much more scalable. I'm like, okay. He's like, I've been trying to tell you. You can have a box of chocolates, but you can have the chocolate. He so said, you can have a nice shaped heart inside your house, or you can consume the deeper parts. There's something more. And said, what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there's something more. He said, those who have ears that are here, it's an invitation to the more. I'm trying to teach you that there's something. But you're not going to find something more when what you're seeking is the vision. You will only do that with the vision. And he said, you will not be satisfied with only the vision. I'm actually trying to help you here. <laughs> it's not about the vision. That's just one small thing. But there's an ocean. There is an Antarctica where the snow doesn't stop. There is a chocolate factory. And there is a fire that never goes out. Yep. I'm inviting you to the more. I'm inviting you to the deeper parts. Come consume of the deeper portion. Come know the deeper way. And so I've learned quite a lot. <laughs> and it's funny because we do this. We we want the gifts. We want we want the benefits of the snow, but not the snow. And God's trying to tell us, everything that you ever needed is in my presence. It is with me. It is when you seek my face, you will get all the other things. It will all be added to you. And was David say? For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe. But I'm not sure. In his presence, I in his presence, there's safety, there's shelter, there's dwelling. He'll hide me. What does it say, it says he will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon the rock. And when I feel attacked and the enemy is after me, what does it say? So then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. So when you're depressed, and you're lonely, and you're isolated, and the enemy's after you. Where do you find relief? Not in the vision, but in his space, in his tent, in his well, in the snow. And so, guys, I think what God's trying to say to us, and what He's been trying to say to me, is that it's a—it's an invitation. He's actually inviting us. He's always been inviting us, which is so wild, is because, like I said, all these all the parables and everything else. He always says, those who have ears, let them hear. It's, he's always been inviting everyone to know the explanation, but only a few actually want the explanation. And what God told me is, is that, you know, this way of life is not natural to you, and you don't know how to do it. And I, I have two small children, and one thing I want so bad is that they will not have to learn this way of life, but it will be given to them. will be inherited to them, that they won't have to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit, but that it won't just be a lifestyle to them because their mom and dad learned how to live in the Spirit and be led in the Spirit, how to live in His presence and never leave it. I want to learn how to live in His presence and never be content again with just scattered showers of snow and scattered movements of God and church to church to church or service to service to service. It's never meant to be like that. We're always meant to dwell. We're always meant to stay. He's always with us, we're just not always with him. And so one thing he said to me, is like, your kids, this is a way of life to them. They're going to inherit this lifestyle. Just like the Eskimo children, they don't question it. They don't have any idea that there's another way to live. They just know this is what I grew up in, this is how I do this, this is my legacy, and this is what I'll pass on. And so my prayer is is that this is the call that we answer yes to, that we learn how to live in the Spirit and maintain ourselves in His presence. So that our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren will never depart from it. That they will know no other way. But we have to start giving up our lifestyle. Because the problem is, is that we cannot take our sneakers into the snow. We will be uncomfortable. And we will not be sustained there. But we have to learn how to wear the clothes that he's provided for us. The clothes that he's given us. Say no, no, no. That doesn't work for this environment. This doesn't work for my presence. I won't accept anything less than my way my lifestyle you have to give it up your way of life doesn't exist anymore and so guys that's really what I want to share with you I think what the Holy Spirit's been saying is that those who are hungry will eat and those that want to know the ocean We'll accept the invitation. We'll hear it. We'll follow Jesus to the ocean. Those that want a fire that burns, He's gonna give that to you. And those that want to eat chocolate with Jesus, there's chocolate on the table. And those that want to learn how to live like no other, he's gonna teach you. And I think the the lesson for today is whether or not you want to do those things. If you want And so I think what God is saying is that the invitation's always been out there for the more. He wants you to know that there is more. And so that's what God's been telling me. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I think there's always an invitation to the deeper person. In fact, he's not hidden. doesn't make it hard to know him. I thought it was making it hard for me. Just didn't know I wasn't seeking him. It seemed like I was. I didn't realize I wasn't actually seeking him. Because I think sometimes we think we're seeking him. And we're not. So when God doesn't answer certain prayers in the way we think he should. Or doesn't give us grand gestures of his love like we think he ought to. Maybe we're just not actually seeking Him. You know what, man? God is not satisfied with a shallow relationship. He cares so much about you that He wants you to know that there is more. And I think that He wants to bring you to the more. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that. Thank you, Lord, that the conch shell is out. You guys want more? I think. I think uh, let's ask Scott for more. If you guys want more, I think we should just have a time. You guys want to have a time with me to use this up here? <laughs> I think uh, I think there's an invitation and if you want more then then come on up and I'll pray for you and we'll just pray together because I think that there's a there's a <laughs> okay. there's a movement in here. There's movement in here. He wants to start a movement. He wants to start a movement of people who live in his presence. And if you want to live in his presence, then just come out because he's moving and he wants to start a movement. Thank you, Jesus. He wants to start a movement. new kind of people who are satisfied only when they are in the smell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Spirit <sighs> <sighs> we, just, we just come to you, God, because we are hungry for more. We are hungry for the deeper parts of you, Lord. We want to be a people, God, that you are moving, God, to the snow, God. That you are moving us to the deeper parts of you, God. You are moving us to know your presence like never before, to encounter you like never before, God. And we just say yes, Father. That we want to know you that way. We want to seek your face, God. We want to have shelter in your presence, God. We want to make a home. In your presence, Jesus. We say yes to you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just touch everybody in this room, Lord, that may encounter you. May we encounter you like never before, God. I pray that we would not be the same people we came in, but that we would walk away as Eskimos, God, as spiritual Eskimos, people who are only know your way of life, God. And I pray, Father, that you would just give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, Father. I pray that you would give us the eyes to see the things that don't belong in the snow with us, the things that we have to leave behind, the lifestyle, the things, the choices, the diet, the clothing, the things that we're doing, Father, we don't want it for. We want to take on your diet, your way of life, your house and situation. Lord, your food and your clothes, God, we want to abandon our way of life. Father, we collectively say that we give up our lifestyle so that we can take on your lifestyle, God, so that we can be people who are comfortable in your presence because what you said to me is that it's very comfortable when you're wearing the right clothes, when you're eating the right things, when you're in community with the right people. It's very comfortable, my presence. It's only uncomfortable when you try to bring in things of your life, <clears throat> things of your life that belong in my stuff, your choices, your lifestyle, and the things of the world that don't belong in my presence. You can't bring your worldly objects with you. There's no place for the things of the world. That So if you want the deeper thing, you have to say no to the world. You have to say no to your flesh. You have to say no to the things that make you comfortable inside your home. You have to put down your hot cocoa, turn off your Christmas music, and come outside and engage with me. You have to say, it's not okay to only feel your presence when I'm at church on a Sunday morning and never again until the next week. It's not okay to be okay with that. That's not enough for him. You deprive him of you. When you're satisfied with encountering him only one time a week, he's saying, I want more of you. You're next looks like inside with the chocolates. You may not even know you have it in your house. You may not know. You don't know what you don't know. But he's going to teach you how to consume him. He's going to teach you how to build a fire that lasts. He's going to teach you how to swim in the ocean. He's going to teach you how to live in the snow. He's going to teach you you don't have to worry. You don't have to struggle in this. It's painful to let the flesh die, but it's a healthy pain. It's a pain that's worth it. And he's kind. And, and he, he will teach you everything that you need to know. He's going to teach you. Mm-hmm. He's going to teach you how to make an inkloom and how to set up your house and your lifestyle in him. He's going to teach you how to eat the right things and consume with him. He's going to teach you when it's time to rest and when it's time to work. He's going to teach you how to dwell. We don't know how to dwell. We don't know how to dwell with him. We're told how to work for him. We're told how to make church services, make, make people do stuff there. We're told how to do that. We're not told how to dwell. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is going to teach us how to dwell. That's All He wants. What did he say David? See my family. So that I think you were going to teach us.